Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'm your host KJ and welcome to Catalyst Conversation with yours truly. Okay y'all, we're going to be doing something a little different. Every fourth episode, we're going to be doing a deep dive about life with a close friend of mine. That friend is Catherine, or as I like to call her, Cat. She is one of the queens of my life and I love our regular Kiki sessions. Now, for those of you who don't know what a kiki is, it is a good time including music, good friends, and in our case, a bottle of red wine, some Bermudian swizzle, and some deep chats about social issues. Now, I would like to give a little disclaimer. This episode is a bit raw, it's long, and because it was recorded during a storm, our good friend Mother Nature wanted to join the conversation. So ladies and gentlemen, thems and theys, I would like to welcome you to the first ever Kiki Time with Ken and KJ. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'm your fake host, Catherine Murphy-Higgins II, and I'm joined here today with Kel. You're a second? Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am! (laughs) I got the ring to prove it. (laughs) Yeah, we're fancy. I mean, we're Irish Catholic, but we're fancy sometimes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So, we're doing something different. (laughs) Um, Catherine Murphy. uh, Murphy. Mm-hmm. Higgins the second That's um, is the host and I am the guest with two glasses of wine mm-hmm. after swizzle mm-hmm. we've both at least had a bottle of swizzle each yes correct maybe a dark and stormy before that but who needs to know and a dark and stormy is a wonderful drink from the islands of Bermuda with a smooth Guzlin's ginger beer with a rich Guzlin's dark rum. And as much as we'd like to, we are not sponsored by Gosling. <laughs> so if you're hearing this, Mama Gosling, sponsor us. We're recently graduated university students with debt. We need it. And we <laughs> drink a lot of your product. <laughs> so why are we here? Why are we here? I'm here to really chat with you. I'm really here to chat with you, too. This is... So, Kat is a godsend to me. Um, so, this podcast can be kind of tough sometimes. So, I feel, with the, the guidance and the direction from the second of the Catherines, <laughs> um, that it needs some comment... No, commentary. Uh, to make it, I don't know. Approachable. Approachable. There we go. Making politics sexy. Sure. Oh. You're quite pleased on that one, aren't you? I am. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, today we um, a lot of the content that's been delivered thus far. Um, with Catalyst is very, uh, I don't want to say hard-hitting, but it's very um, important and very serious matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it would be really nice just to kind of kick back, have some wine, some swizzle, and some gosling, not sort of in that order, kind of just like talk about who you are as a host. Mm, yeah. So, who's KJ? First of all, 
The man by two names. Three. Sometimes five. I know. <laughs> so hard to keep track of. I have all of your names saved in my phone. Oh. The whole thing. Like very fancy. It takes up a lot of screen room. You know what? Like I really should be more proud about my name because it's a very thought out name. Like yeah, you it don't put a lot of work into it. Like it's it's like dynasty building. <laughs> Or Dynasty Protecting. Like, you know. I think we might actually have to start a drinking game with this. Every time you say the word Dynasty, we take a drink. You know, I love the word Dynasty. <laughs> I love the word um, um, Revolution. I love the word. Um, no, those are this my two words for the month that I really like. Yeah. Those are my go-tos. Yeah, they've been reoccurring for sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Right? And like, now I'm just walking up to people like, you need to start building a Dynasty. <laughs> I really love the Dynasty uh, friend group that we're building <laughs> yeah like it's you know it's a direct quote. yeah mm -hmm. like i want our kids one day to like look back and just be like our family our parents mm -hmm. build a dynasty <laughs> so just to clear up any confusion from that last comment cal and i are not in a relationship <sighs> this is true nor are we going to have children together no however we are sort of in a throuple a throuple yes 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 um, Cal, could you please explain what a throuple is for the listeners that might not? A throuple, in this context, is when your best friend finds a girlfriend that also becomes your best friend, and you just remove best friend titles and just, like, have a throuple. Mm -hmm. I also feel that Cal, or Matt, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> just found a girlfriend that was exactly like his best friend. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Look at what we're wearing right now. We're just wearing different colors of the same thing. Yeah, we're like very chic. We're very like casual chic. I want you to have a blanket. You need a blanket. You stole my blanket. I know. Let me share. That's okay. Okay. The one's making me hot. There we go. So, who am I? Like, I. that's good that you're doing this because like you really know how to get shit out of me. Yes. I'm over aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Okay. Um, Cal. I met Cal. How about we do that? You know how to mm. How we know each other? First impressions? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. I met Cal when I joined the uh, University of New Brunswick's um, Student Representative Council. Child. Which is the student government body for student uh, union? Student union. Mm. Obviously, I wasn't good at it. <laughs> student union for um, the St. John campus of UMB. Mm -hmm. So I met Cal um, after I was elected to the position. It was very hard. That election was so hard to win. It wasn't. <laughs> and um, I met him in one of our like one of our council meetings. And I just kept watching his facial expressions when everyone would talk because it was hilarious. I also noticed that everyone in the room would wait until you would speak and then they would voice their opinions. Girl, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I noticed that you would say one thing and then flip and it would be a different thing by the end of the meeting. It's hilarious. You know what I'm talking about. No comment. Um, for those that can't see, <laughs> he's smirking like he's been caught. <laughs> I mean... I love you. <laughs> um, and then we weren't really friends, honestly. Yeah, I don't know where it was like... Oh. I still didn't really talk to any of you guys. Yeah, 
because like I was so pissed that this um, this arts representative was not replying to my emails was, all summer. I was abroad. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm in Ireland. I was just like, girl, I don't care. <laughs> Answer my emails. I didn't get an email from you all summer. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. I I was gonna be like, let me check, but. <laughs> I never ever received an email from you. I was trying to get in contact with you. Through what? I don't know. An email? Oh, you thought I was a big bitch because I didn't remember. Yeah. I never received anything from you. Oh. I was like, this is my first surprise. I was like, I don't care about this woman. <laughs> she was like, now she, how much do you care about me? I know this is my life. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the circle of life. Mm-mm. We've both taken a uh, little sip. Yeah. Attention. Mm-hmm. No, I never received anything. Oh. The only communication we had, so I was away. I was in um, Ireland visiting the homestead, and um, the SRC website went live, mm-hmm. and there was problems with it, and I yeah. messaged you immediately. Yes. Yes. But I was paying attention to like Facebook groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. I do remember that. Because there was something wrong with the link. Yep. Yep. I did remember that. I was just like, okay, but like, is this bitch? I'm not replying to my my emails. But I replied when it mattered, didn't I? Yeah, it did. I'm I'm very grateful for that. But I do have a tendency to send like I think I send emails, but they're actually in my drafts. Oh really? Yeah, that happens like a lot. Mm. Need to work on that. I do that with texts. Mm. And then I go back. I'm like, why hasn't this person responded to me? Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's typed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very professional. So but yeah, I met Cal through student unions, mm-hmm. love that stuff for mm-hmm. us. And then we didn't really talk. And then remember you guys had that uh, retreat at a hotel that I won't name because uh, they don't sponsor us. <laughs> um, I got uh, uh, what's the polite way to say drunk? <laughs> you drank enough. No, you were embracing yourself with your fellow council members. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you were embracing yourself with your fellow council mm-hmm. members. I may or may not have been going through some emotional stuff at the time. You know, so. we, all, we all go there. We all anyway, go through it. So after that, I was embarrassed as hell, so I didn't actually talk to you guys that much. Mm-hmm. And then, council happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Did some student union stuff together, participated in some cool stuff that I'm actually quite proud of. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, Advocacy Week. Oh. That was pretty cool. Advocacy Week. What is Advocacy Week? And who did you do it with? You. You know that. No, um, no, oh, I know you did it with me, uh, but, like, is a, a plug for the... So, through our, um, student, our SRC work, um, as it is a student representative council... We represent the needs of the students. Mm-hmm. We're elected officials to help them get what they want on campus and abroad. And um, Advocacy Week was an event that we participated in uh, where we went to Fredericton and talked to the provincial government to um, assist student needs mm-hmm. uh, in the province and make sure that we had uh, an increased international healthcare plan mm-hmm. there was a big push for us was to have gender neutral bathrooms mm-hmm. which is really important mm-hmm. uh, issues like that that were affecting a lot of students at the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Cal and I bonded through that I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that was kind of nice mm-hmm. 
And then a couple months later, I started dating his best friend, and here we are. Yeah, and then it's been bliss. That's a fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> so. And a couple months later, and now we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did all this stuff. Now we're in the throttle, and now we're drinking wine mm-hmm. on your couch. Now we're very much besties. Yes. Yes. So, this segment, I feel like it needs to be all you because like, you came up with this genius idea. The Kikis? The Kikis is all you. And like, you need to show your your goddessness because you're right. <laughs> and I normally don't admit when people are right. I know, so, I so much. Uh, it's on the air. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be oh, like safe. That I'm saying that Catherine the second was correct about needing some tension release. So yeah, so this is you. So every fourth episode, hopefully Catherine will come back and lead something. Cool. So I'm following you. So well, why? That's, that's so why we're here? To attack. First of all, on this podcast, do you want to be called Cal or KJ? I want to be called KJ. KJ. Okay. Yeah. I respect your own labeling. There we go. Because um, you are always introduced to me as Cal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and like everyone I, I feel so bad because like everyone's calling me the wrong name because like i could not cur- have the balls to correct people from this pronouncing my name so i'm kind of in like a sticky situation yeah so kj, KJ. rebrand <laughs> it's kj now with like a smooth seductive voice okay um yeah, no, the, why I wanted to do these, like, little kiki sessions is um, every millennial and their dog has a podcast now. That is so true. And that's fantastic. I absolutely love that this is now, like, a new blog kind of aspect, and people can talk to people that they want to talk to and, and really, like, be able to dive into things that they care about. However, I think, from, like, a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. why listen to your podcast rather than others yeah and it's because you as a person are hilarious oh thank you so i want people sometimes i want people <laughs> to know who you are and that's why this was a an important feature for, for me to include was that like a humble pill for me a what when you said sometimes was that like a, a need for me to be like humble myself yeah i just like it's a thing i can't really <laughs> get too, too big in their britches big in their britches how motherland of you. I'm not English. <laughs> I mean, what are you wearing? Dungarees? <laughs> I don't have overalls on. Oh. Today? Okay. <laughs> I often wear them. You know that. <laughs> Sorry for cutting you off. So, yeah, that, that was the, the main, that's the catalyst for this catalyst. There we go. There we go. Genius. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Anyway. Um, that's why we're doing this today. Also, because we were drinking wine anyway, so. Yeah. Might as well. Talk into a mic and have it recorded forever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is it. So, we're here because the first three episodes, we were talking about New Brunswick and my obsession about New Brunswick. Because once I fall in love with something, I won't shut up about it. So, Catherine, where are you from? I grew up in Ontario. Where's that? Uh, well, New Brunswickers would probably hear it better as uh, Worst Case Ontario. Ooh, or Upper Canada, as I like to properly call it. Never heard that term until I moved down here. Really? Like, other than, like, uh, a history class. Oh, okay, I was about to say, like, you know, everyone refers to 
Be upper Canada. No, never heard that. Okay, okay, all right. Um, like in like a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. It's upper Canada, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up in. I was born in Mississauga. Ooh. Um, and I lived there for a while, and then um, when I was in grade seven, no, two thousand, right at the dawn of the millennia. Wait, two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I moved to Barrie, Ontario. Ooh. So that is just on the the border of like cottage country and um, Toronto. Okay. If I'm being honest, you were just saying states, not even states, towns, mm-hmm. cities, and I um I was I was like mm-hmm, I knew where these were, but now you said Toronto, I got understanding. Yeah. So Toronto or the Greater Toronto Area. Okay. Um, so the Pearson Airport is technically mm-hmm. in um, Mississauga. Okay. I grew up on, on Mississauga Road, so I'm not really that close to the airport. Okay. If you need that landmarker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Barrie, Ontario is if you went up the 400, which okay. is a major highway Yes, there, yes. And you were going north. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you would get off about 45 minutes from Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So we're now 2019. Mm-hmm. You're here now. I am. What's the journey to coming to this little, little province of New Brunswick? Well, not little, but. Okay. I say this so much in a week, um, so I'm going to try and, like, flesh it out. Like, I, I work in the service industry, mm. as you know, and people often ask me when I'm serving them or if I'm on bar, people will ask me where I'm from. Um, so I say this a lot, so I'm going to try and, like, not give you the, like, five seconds work. No okay, version. okay, there we go. Because so it's a 30-minute... 30 minute podcast so so really flush this one out yeah okay so um my dad's family is from here originally mm-hmm. uh, his mother's from charlottetown his dad is from scotland actually okay um and then he was raised in glaze bay so when my grandparents my nanny and papa they had their children in St. John. They had four out of the six in St. John. Mm-hmm. Um, they lived here for a little bit, and then they went back to Toronto. Okay. Or they went up to Toronto, rather. Um, and then they were living uh, in Toronto, and they had two more kids, and then they would come back down here for the summers. Okay. So they would do, like, St. John and then Charlottetown. Okay. So when we got, like, a little bit older, my parents would do kind of the same thing. So mm-hmm. they'd come down here for, um, like, a month. Okay. And we kind of tour the maritime provinces. Mm-hmm. So, um, when my parents decided to like retire and just like kind of kick it and live a chill life, mm-hmm. they decided to move down here. Okay. So, mom and dad moved here, and then obviously you have to move here. Kind of. So, my siblings, I have two older siblings. Okay. They're about um, five and six years older than me. Okay. So they, uh, my brother was in Australia, I think, when my parents decided to move here, or he was just coming back. I don't know. There's too many of us. <laughs> so my siblings, the long and short of it, they were living in Alberta. Um, I, after high school, traveled around for a little bit, and then I moved. I was in Europe for a bit, and then I moved out west. Okay. So I lived with my sister in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And then I, around that time, I was like, you know, it's, it's time to go to university. Okay. Because I, I do, like, I want to go. So okay. Like, I was putting it off and just had a fun things to do. Okay. So, um, not loving the whole rent situation mm-hmm. in uh, Calgary. Okay. My parents were moving to St. John, New Brunswick. And I decided that uh, I didn't want to pay for rent. Mm-hmm. 
and an undergrad is an undergrad no matter where you get it. This is true. Is the opinion I have. I, yeah, like, you know, I always look at an undergrad as your first car. You know, it's, if it drives you, you know, just like, mm-hmm. and it's safe and, you know, has good ratings on whatever those things that rate cars, it's, it's okay. Car and associate, that's I, it. That one, like, you know, like, that's how I look at university with an undergrad, like, mm-hmm. but, okay. So that's how I, that's how I came nice okay so Mm -hmm. my whole thing is changing the mindset because everyone's always talking about you know there's a have not province it's this it's that and you know i i see it and i agree to a certain extent Mm -hmm. what do you feel about that do you like do you feel like it's a have not do you feel that it's on the verge of like a renaissance or like what's your viewpoint on like the state of the province as someone who grew up outside the province and moved into it mm-hmm. i have to confess it it depends what day you catch me on oh okay how i answer this question so for like by and large i feel that new brunswick is on a knife edge mm-hmm. it could go one way or the other depending on small little factors okay so i think that there is so much potential here and there are so many young people that i now talk to that have kind of similar mindsets and they want to bring the province forward however there's a lot of like institutional things okay and structures that make it very hard to break out of that for the the individuals that are inspired to stay here and okay. make something out of it. Okay. So it, it's kind of like, yeah, like how can you, like, I don't want to use any like old school slavery terminology, but how do you break out of that? Oh, right? like I was going to, I was going to go there. I, oh, was, okay. yeah. I mean, you're a person of color. I'm not going to make this. <laughs> so. No, like I, um, being, since I like, Moving away from Bermuda, and for those who don't know Bermuda, like, Bermuda is a British colony. So, colonization is like, you know, live, breathe, drink that on a daily basis. So, like, you know, you have half of the island that are just, like, super loyalists and, like, super um, down with, you know, what it means to be a part of, like, the British Empire. And then, like, you have half of it who are just like, hmm... We need, like, there's something wrong here. And so then I look at New Brunswick. If you look at New Brunswick's history, like, New Brunswick has always been ride or die for Britain, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this is, like, you know, we have our loyalist city. Um, Like, this province, like, is a loyalist province. So I, I feel that, I wouldn't say slavery per se, but I feel like, you know, we're still dealing with, like, the ramifications of colonization and the ugly side well i feel like there's no pretty side of colonization but the ugly side of colonization (laughs) yeah yeah unless you're yeah yeah so do you find like new brunswick still feels like there is a colonizer in it i know it's primarily a white province i think that like you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. you know like if you don't understand the origins of like what the like how this province is to be you wouldn't know or if you wouldn't see like how other colonies are run you wouldn't say that new brunswick's like a loyalist province because maybe it's just like this is just the way it's been Mm -hmm. when if you go around the world and you see how other colonies or post-colonies act 
he'd be like, no, boo. You got some colony vibes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a lot of, a, a, there's a large chunk of our population that is quite okay with the have not um, label. Okay. And they've grown quite accustomed to it. And I'm, uh, that's nothing against them, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like some privileged like, academic that's mm-hmm. talking down mm-hmm. at them. Um, I just feel like, yeah, maybe it's it's best if we don't accept only getting minimum wage or yeah. not getting standardized this, that, that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's why it's, it's nice to see the flux of individuals come back into the province mm-hmm. and maybe experienced the rest of Canada mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. have taken what they like, left what they don't like, and yeah. they want to make New Brunswick something. Yeah. Like just innovated in general. Yeah, yeah, and, like, and that's that's like that's the big thing when, you know, we have like a huge out migration problem of young people, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, we need to keep our young people here. But I always say, like, you know, no, let them go. Like, you know, we need to be, um, you know, I feel that the system in which we are living in doesn't allow people to have an open mind or to see what's being done out there. Like, you need to go away and see how things are done like i like i know of like this lady who started a startup in moncton like she she painted it for me well like you know she like when she was 20 she was like you know i'm gone by new brunswick and she just toured europe and um just fell in love with like everything that europe's doing around like uh, social policy and policy work and when she was like 27 28 her and her partner at the time were like you know we want to settle down like we want to have a kid we want to do this we want to do that but they knew they couldn't do it in europe so they were like oh we're from new brunswick you need to come back home and then they moved back home and they realized that okay there's something wrong here like we need to like really you know be more active in our communities so it's like allowing people to go away you know as you were saying like taking different things and coming back and you know, like everyone always looks at like you know the government or the private sector to like move the province forward, but no one really looks at citizens. Like I feel like citizens. Yeah, I feel like the, the government, like the way that we have it set up, they are responsible for the needs and the the, the wants and wishes of their people. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you have a huge, like if you have a uh, majority of people that want a certain thing done, mm-hmm. it's up to the government. But like, it's not the government to change the mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. interesting like it, it's true like people assume that it's the government talking down to institute change but a lot of the time like grassroots communities are the ones that take the biggest hit and then change the most yeah so yeah kind of yeah yeah talked about that yeah i like the grassroots yeah. yeah it's just like why do you think like i know like i always talk about like we always have like deep conversations about like the future and um, the state, state of the province and stuff like that. Um, but, because like from other circles other than, you know, me and you, I get like shunned or like don't have those conversations. Like, do you find that on your, on your end when you like step out of this beautiful relationship that we have here and go speak with other people? Do you feel like you're like, okay, no, we're not talking about this. Like we're talking about something else. Yeah. Um, there's certain people that, like I said, have accepted the the structure of the province and for me to talk it it sounds like i'm talking about like 
like heresy or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like for me the best way for this province to go forward is for people to establish their own industry or their own business that they can be independent of rather than rely on some massive conglomerate company for their livelihood. Mm -hmm, Yeah. So I think for the most part, the pushback that I get is if I say anything against like the top five families or something, Mm -hmm. which to me strike me a lot of like an estate, like back in like English. Yeah. 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 So a lot of that, and I like I'm not gonna sit here bashing mm-hmm, top mm-hmm, fives, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's usually the 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 blowback I get. Yeah. And that's the, the harshest criticisms come from people that really really support yeah. that system. Yeah. And say like, well, if you don't like it, leave. Well, that's not the only thing about the province that I like mm-hmm. or can criticize. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love so much about this place. So what do you love? What do I love? Hmm. I. Sounds so cliche, but I love the the opportunity mm-hmm. that you can make for yourself okay. if you do step out of the comfort bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Victorian architecture, like the apartment we're sitting in right now. Yeah, How gorgeous is this? For people who can't see this, yes. which is everyone, um, <laughs> we are sitting in a brick stone walk up on Germain Street with beautiful. I don't know, let's say twelve, thirteen foot ceilings. Yeah. At least twelve. Yeah beautiful with a um a wonderful fireplace right to the right oh two fireplaces in this beautiful (laughs) apartment at a affordable price and it it, every time i walk into this place i'm like yes but and it's just like those those beauties and those charms um and then like for me it's like the people like you know i've um i just fall in love with like the different stories and the, the things i've heard um I've a, I've been adopted to multiple families. Um, I, I think it's probably because I'm forcing myself into it, but it's all good. Um, and it's all of these beautiful things that makes me passionate. Like, would you would you say that's the same for you? Yeah. Uh, when I first moved here, so I started. I moved here in 2013. I had a horrible little bratty attitude with the province. Mm. So for me, it was like a means to an end. Okay. And it was just like something, uh, I was being monetarily responsible, living with my parents and going to school. Um, But I was just like going to get my degree and GTFO. Okay. That was my entire plan. Mm -hmm. So um, in my brat-like years, I did not give this place a chance. Mm -hmm. And I already had walls up and was like, I'm getting the F out. I don't care. When I started meeting people and actually caring about the people I was talking to, it's like, yeah, all of these like streets opened up, I'd say, because you walk down the street and people are like, hey, Kat, how's it going? And like, you know, all these people yeah, yeah. have these beautiful connections with people that you might not see them for months and then you're, you're at a job interview and look at who's one of the HR people mm-hmm. or look at like you're on a, a board, like a committee and you know someone from university or you know this, that and the other thing. It's like it's a really really nice tight knit community, and I'm I'm largely speaking uptown because that's where like my social circle is. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it might be a little different, mm-hmm. like on the east side or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. I still kind of mess up all those communities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's like another gorgeous aspect of this province. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like it's it's under. I feel like it's 
it's underrated. Like, it you know, is. it's, it has and like I some like charm. It that way because I don't want the rents to go up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like one of those really, really beautiful places that everyone, like everyone wants to go to the Almafi Coast, right? So the tickets to get there. The where? The Almafi Coast. What's that? Like a little resort area that you travel to. Oh. Everyone wants to go to London. Okay. Everyone wants to live in London here. Okay. No there, there we go. <laughs> so the rents are insane. Mm -hmm. Population is too much. Mm -hmm. You get there and you're like, oh, these tourists are everywhere. Even though you yourself are a goddamn tourist. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of want to keep St. John great, but not, not too great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm kidding. Come here. Enjoy it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh. But I do love that it is nowhere near the population of Calgary or Toronto or Vancouver, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you get all these cool aspects of your community. Mm -hmm. So, going back to <laughs> what you said about having your walls up. So, why did you have your walls up? Just, I didn't want to put any roots here at all. Nothing at that time because I was being a sour little... I was being sour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing about... Like, I didn't allow myself to enjoy the things about this province that mm -hmm. I should have. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't want to put roots down here so that I could just literally on graduation day pack up my stuff and get the fuck out. Okay. So Am I allowed to swear? I mean like if you want to swear. This is like and then also this is if you if you hear other episodes, like they're they're more more structured, but this one is it's a kiki time. Like we're drinking we're drinking our cocktails and we're just play that song in the background. Let's have a kiki. Oh, what is a kiki? Matt asked me this the other day. I just feel like it's a nice, fun time where you gab, you drink, you dance if you want, you play some fun music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. party. No party. So there we go. It's a party podcast with a, a serious topic. Yeah, like which is basically how our Saturday nights end up. This is it. This is it. This is it. So. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Like, is there anything you want to ask me? You've been talking too much, but you want to yeah, ask questions? <laughs> Wait, yeah. Oh, God. Wait, no. Did I say that right? No. Oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, this is also going to be un this is gonna be very unfiltered. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just get the real raw experience of the two of us. Um, so, for the listeners, mm -hmm. um, what was your pull to the province? Off. I need to check myself before I go down this. Externally, it can be perceived that my life was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But what we fail to realize when it comes to life, there's like, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So internally, I w was not living my best and my authentic life. Like, you know, I was struggling with like mental health. I was struggling with my sexuality. Um, I, was I was living in a society that was not supportive of things that are other. Um, so for Bermuda, like, you know, you're predominantly, whatever the majority is, so in Bermuda it was my majority black and majority religious. If you fit outside of that category, you're an other. And your life is not included in society. So, like, I basically went 18 years of my life planning my escape to, like, leave. Um, and then I f found New Brunswick, uh, in particular UMB. Uh, and 
it, it was affordable it was cheap and i was just like i'm gone like i didn't even like look at the place at first so i was just like i'm gone like whatever let this is where i'm going and then i moved here I, well, I visited here and i started speaking and started seeing things i was like i love it like you know i fell in love with the architecture i fell in love with um the friendliness of the people and just like the curiosity people had and I fell in love with people constantly asking you why are you here? Yeah, oh my god, okay. It sounds so accusatory. I'm like, I don't know, don't you? Why are we here? Like also, yeah, stop asking people <laughs> if they're here, why they're here. Like oh, we're, we're topping up. Um Yeah, it's like, yeah, like stop no, I'm here because like I'm in love. Like it's just let me live. Yeah. And like Don't send me away. Yeah, and look at the beauty here. But um so I, what, what was I saying? <laughs> New Brunswick was your great escape. Yeah, New Brunswick was my ga- a great escape. And Did you say gay escape? I, you I, I think I was going to say my gay escape. You know, was my gay escape? Literally, no, literally New Brunswick was my gay escape. <laughs> and, um, and then it just, just like the, thing, the situations that I was in just challenged me to you know, accept myself and like put me in situations where I had to um, evolve as a person. And so like that's so my love with the province is because the province has done a lot for me to grow and accept myself as an individual. So like I always want to give back. So because New Brunswick has given so much of to me, mm-hmm. my love and my passion for it is, you know, my way of saying thanks to to the to the province. Nice. Yeah, and it start and it first started off as you know St. John focus. I was just like St. John is everything. Everywhere else sucks, <laughs> um, but Sorry, I I know. <laughs> but I had the opportunity to work for the provincial government, and my focus switched to um, working throughout the province. And I just started meeting other people from other parts of the province and just hearing their stories and just starting to fall in love with different places around the province where I had to be like, you know, I love you, St. John, but, you know, I kind of like Moncton now. Do you? I know. Like, right? I, like, I love going to Moncton. I really, um, like, moving here, I, I love the divide between Bridgerton, St. John, and Moncton. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hilarious yeah. how different. Yeah. This lady from uh, Woodstock refers to it as the Golden Triangle. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh... And then like I, I guess I, that makes sense. Yeah. The, the major cities yeah. Money, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. But then like now I've like fallen in love with like rural communities. Cool. So it's just like So where like if you were to pick like a rural community that you would move to now, where would it be? If I had to pick my rural community, it will be St. Martin's. I thought you were gonna say Hampton for a second. Oh um, no. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I love Hampton, but I uh, I need the water, I need the ocean. And so uh, I fall in love with St. Saint Saint, Saint Martin's yeah. or St. Andrew's. Yeah, they're both gorgeous. Yeah, like it's yeah. being connected with the water. It does, like, does, does know, wonders for me. The whole time I was living in Calgary, I, I don't think I quite understood what was like wrong with my environment. Like mm-hmm. I was having so much mm-hmm. fun and mm-hmm. like work-wise I was great and mm-hmm. like everything. And being around my, my family that's out west. And then when I moved here, I was like, oh, I didn't realize how weird it is to not be around massive bodies of water all mm-hmm, the time. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Barry, where I grew up, that's Georgian Bay is right there. Yeah. So the entire downtown core mm-hmm. is around the bay. Mm-hmm. And there's like lakes everywhere. Yeah. 
I didn't realize like Calgary has the the bow. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's very weird, and I have man-made lakes. I don't trust man lakes. Oh, yeah, I don't trust it. Strange. <laughs> don't try that urban planner stuff. <laughs> that might be listening to this. Oh place. my gosh, no. Cool. But yeah. So when you first like, what was like, you know, the first, let's say the first month that you're here, like how how did you feel? Oh my gosh. Did you have any regrets? Like you're putting such a beautifully like positive spin on this. Yes. Like, there's no way that you didn't feel something. Okay, so I'll be real. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I remember the first time I came here, uh, I got off the plane mm-hmm. and I was like, this is it. <laughs> when was it? Huh? When, well, like what, September? August? So I, I moved in August. August okay. um, so it, it was empty. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Um, you mean how you just walk off the plane? Yeah, like I mean, like I grew like like Bermuda. You do that too, but oh, right, right. I I always thought it was just like oh, this is like the small aircraft terminal. So like you go you go there, and then like the big ones probably like down the way. And they was like, no, this is it. What big ones? Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a, it was just like a culture shock in reference to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you know moving from like I grew up in a predominantly black culture right um and a pr- and i wouldn't even in a like a very um educated black culture like you know i grew up around um i i always saw black excellence as you know people told me i was like you know we are black excellence like that was always engraved in me so moving here not understanding that the world perceives uh black people totally different than what Bermudians perceive black people. Like, you know, that was a, a big culture shock for me where I remember when someone first met me and I was like, oh, I'm from Bermuda. And they were like, oh, I'm so impressed that you can speak English. And I'm like, it's British colony. yeah, I was just like, uh, like, like we're literally a British colony. <laughs> like like you know everyone speaks english and it's you know understanding those type of things is just like oh you speak so you know articulate for a black person i was just like no that wasn't said to you yeah 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 i was like no i'm just a person who you know reads books and like listens to documentaries and watches the news and likes the stock market like you know these are just my interests so it was like understanding racism right because like i always learned about racism i always knew that was there Mm -hmm. but moving to new brunswick was the first time i experienced it really yeah so you had traveled quite a bit before you moved here though yeah you never experienced that as like a tourist or i mean i i had the privilege right you know um yeah so like it's it's one thing to be in a situation where you're perceived as like a black person but um you know if you have you know different forms of privilege you know behind you mm-hmm. your your walks in life is totally different than someone else right. and like it was engraved in me from birth um that we like you in order to be in a system you have to act a certain type of way right so when you moved here then did you start talking? Did you change your dialect slightly? Because I always notice, like, when you are on the phone with your mom 
or anyone else in the family. Yeah. Or if you go back home for a little bit and come here, yeah. your accent's totally different. Yeah. Like, I am... Was that, like, a quick thing? You were like, I need to yeah. not yeah. talk yeah. like an Islander. Yeah. And, like, that's something I've been doing since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Um, like my code switchingness is like a, a survival skill set for awesome. me. Like you know, when I was in Bermuda, like you know, um, I went to a very I went to rough schools. So like you know, this this little gay boy did not you know talk about kikis <laughs> and you know have all this type of stuff in his PE class with all his all, with all the males you know mm-hmm. playing cricket. You know, like <laughs> I talked about girls. I talked about like sports and stuff like that. I, I knew I knew how to change my um change my appearance to you know make my time better and adapt to the situations i was in so what i learned here is like i was constantly you know adapting myself where i just stripped everything and this person that i was i did not recognize interesting Mm mm-hmm so like on the whole, how do you feel about code switching? Um, I mean, like I feel like it's a, it sucks that people have to do it. Mm-hmm. I, so like if I had to, if I had to pick something that needs to drastically change within New Brunswick, I would say, uh, we always talk about diversity and inclusion. Like you know, Canada goes around the world saying like we're diverse, like you know we're inclusive, but we aren't. I feel like we need We as a province or we as a city or we as a country? I would say all three. Okay. I would say all three. Interesting. Um, because it's it's one thing to... I feel like it's... We accept diversity and inclusion, but here's our standard that we want you to be right. included in. So you can come. Yeah. You can have your own community. However, mm-hmm. should you need to be conversing in a political sphere or mm-hmm. for any of our PR stuff, you need mm-hmm. to look mm-hmm. or you need to sound yeah. like the majority. Yeah. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Like, cause I rem- like I've been in situations where um, sometimes my my accent does slip up mm-hmm. and it's just like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, like speak properly. Like, I've had that happen to me. Properly? Yeah, speak properly. properly. Yeah, properly. Was that in, like, a government setting? Or yeah. In- yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah, because I, I mean, the way I would I would speak to you right now, like even right now, we're, we're being a little bit more articulate than I would like, mm-hmm. if it was maybe four or five hours later. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I understand that like in certain situations, you need to be a little bit more articulate or you need to um, perhaps not say the slang that you would naturally use, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. given our, our day and age and stuff, but that's interesting that... Um, the word proper is that freaks me out yeah yeah so like i so i look at it as like we as a species like we we're designed to connect like you know if you look at evolution it's like we started to evolve the moment we start to connect with one another like the moment we start to settle that's when we start to have our first towns and stuff like that we start building civilizations and like I feel that over time, we've always built our, our, our civilizations and our societies with damaged connections. So going back to you know, our colonization thing is we're connected, but our connections are damaged. And our connections 
hinder our productivity, hinder our, our desire to move forward. So, like, um, damaged in what way? Like, you would say um, this community has a particular tone of voice that now when they try and connect with the next one, they sound different and that's a damage? Or, like, could you I, explain that a little bit more? Yeah, so this, in, this indigenous elder explained it perfectly. She was mm -hmm. like, um, we, we keep on saying that the system's broken. The system's not broken. The system was designed to prop up a certain demographic. If you don't fit within, and then if you look at everything that we do, it benefits that certain demographic. Mm -hmm. So if you're outside of that demographic, you start to, like, that's where the, the connection is damaged. It's just like, we want you in the, t we want you to be included. However, we're going to include you based on our damaged connections. We need to, like, redevelop connections in order to okay. have an inclusive um, place. Mm-hmm. interesting mm -hmm. um going back to your first couple days here mm -hmm. i know you like university was your main focus yeah how did you like your first couple days at the, the school like how was orientation for you how was i like it was i must i feel like that's why i'm so close with ugh, matthew um because like Matthew. Matthew. Um, <laughs> like he really did like a lot to try to include me within um, everything. So if if it wasn't, I feel like if it wasn't for Matt, like I wouldn't have been included. I, I wouldn't be where I wouldn't have. I would have had a harder time um, settling down into my way of life here. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's kind of his superpower. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, we have a, a couple friends that we joke around about that anytime we're with them, like, we're sure to get too drunk. And, like, no matter when we're around them, like, it will be like, no, we're going to take it easy tonight. You still end up getting mm -hmm. so drunk. Mm -hmm. I think Matt's superpower is not getting you super drunk, but getting you, like, um, situated. Yeah. And, like, comfortable with yeah. like, a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. talk about him, like, this... Um, nicely and complimentary when he's around. So. Oh. It's a good thing he left the room for this. Mm -hmm. Is this the reason why you're still in New Brunswick? Uh, yeah. Nice little tie in there. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me about love. Yeah, like, that's my tell me about love. Um, yeah, so I, I, uh, my earlier comments, like, I did not want to stay here. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, I met Matthew. Mm. <laughs> And now I kind of want to stay. So basically what you're saying is New Brunswick's new retention s strategy is... We all just have to find love from little villagers <laughs> from Hampton. <laughs> uh, like literally. Find some awkward ginger that grew up in some small town. Somehow, despite being vastly different people, fall in love. There you go. And then you'll stay. This is why I love rural communities. <laughs> 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 Rural community is going to save New Brunswick's population problems. Through romance? Through love. Love, yeah. <laughs> Worked for me. Uh, in no way did I see that that's... Uh, that I didn't see that that was forecasted for me at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here we are. There we go. Apartment. Oh, shared. Mm-hmm. Mine and yours and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just some stuff. 
Okay. Okay. He can keep his hands off my uh, my masks. <coughs> I walked in the other day and he was doing a mask, and I was like, "Which one did you use?" And I was like, oh, "No, not that one." <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cohabitating's fun. Okay. So with your orientation, you said that Matt was pretty important in there. Um, so did you meet like immediately? Because he's he's kind of like your Saint John family, right? Yeah. He was your first one. Yeah, yeah. So Matthew, um, he was a very entrepreneurial individual and decided to create a um, a Facebook group of all of the graduates of 2018. And from my understanding, he messaged people on this group and he messaged me on the group and I was like, who the hell is this? But you know, I'm going to university, I might as well be friendly. So um, we just start chatting throughout the summer before me moving to um, St. John. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is a cool guy. And then once I actually moved here, like a little bit of a, like a, I would, I would say like, I, I, I don't know, I would say I ghosted, but I was like at arm's length in like actually hanging out with, with Matthew. With the aggressive ginger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get it. Like he's he's quite full on sometimes. Very persistent. Yeah. Very persistent. To the point where you're like, why? Yeah. Oh, it's like why? raise eyebrow a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then when you finally did, like, uh, tell me about that. Yeah. So I re- I remember it like it was five years ago. Um, <laughs> that was a joke because it was five years ago. Um, thank you for explaining your joke. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Um, it was orientation, so I went to international orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because I missed the regular big orientation, Matt was like, you know, everyone's playing washer toss in the quad, so we're gonna go. How do you feel about washer toss? Oh my gosh, the game. We, we are new New Brunswickers. Um, I've lived in three provinces in this uh, country, and I've, I've never experienced washer toss before. So, like, that's a New Brunswick thing? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, I'm um, so bad at it. I, me too. Like I, and then the thing is, like everyone was like making fun of me for yeah, being bad love, at it. They love you to be bad. At I was it. just like, this. I don't get me throwing this metal disc into a box. That costs fifty dollars, by the way. Like those things are so expensive. But, I think the point is that you can make it from stuff in your shed. Oh. <laughs> you buy them? Why well, I I've only seen them like on the side of the streets for fifty dollars. Shit, that's expensive. Right? Okay. Anyway, so like they were playing Washa Toss and like it was a bunch of people there and then I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm trying to you know, get used to everything and then it was like, oh, we're going to go shine a rama and then we're going to drive and I was like, oh, no, 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 I'll, I'll get there myself. I'll, I'll just meet you there. Totally ghosted. Um, yeah. And then it was like, we're going to go to the hit. So what, you just sat in your door? Yeah, (laughs) because I was just like, this is like way too, way too. I was like, I I don't know. Like I, I'll give this an example. So, I, I don't know who to blame for this, but if you've seen the movie Get Out, (laughs) that was uh, my, um, my impression of this province when I first came here. So, like, you know, I, I was like, okay, so, like, um, I was like, okay, this seems like a very, you know, not, it's not a Toronto 
or or like a big city like you know it's it's smaller you know and i'll walk down the street and then it'll be very you know felt like a a chocolate chip in like a, a sea of vanilla ice cream you know so i was just like okay i definitely stick out here and then like all of this stuff was in my mind and then i was like okay so this guy so you were like immediately aware of your otherness yeah my otherness and i was just like well i could get into this potential stranger's car or i could stay in my dorm and i stayed in my dorm however he asked again and then the second time we went to a hypnotist and um you were concerned that you were gonna get out and you still went to i went to the hypnotist. hypnotist yeah i was just like no i'm not gonna help you raise money for cystic fibrosis <laughs> And then I'm like, but like hypnotizing people, I am game for this. And he got hypnotized. And then I was just like, oh, okay. His okay. It's okay because I can hypnotize him easily. No, I, no, no. But like okay. him being. Oh, no, no, no. I can protect myself. Should I? Yeah. No, him being hypnotized was um, very, very eye-opening and very entertaining. And it was like. Did he get naked on stage? He didn't not get no he did not get naked on stage i started school the year earlier than them so i was not present for this okay yes 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 he did just for you listeners yeah he did not no mm -mm -mm. he was a uh, i was like oh okay all right yeah and then it's been bliss ever since lovely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really nice so your first impressions and stuff like that like i know like when you're visiting st john we hear this from a lot of visitors and tourists um, that it's like a very pretty city and they love it so much and oh my gosh and then if you talk to someone that's been here for like a month say on like a, a random work contract mm -hmm. their opinion is very different yeah so how are you maybe like a month in like two months in how do you like I for, I guess for like from August to like November it was hard mm -hmm. um it was hard because I like I was just I guess I had a hard time you know getting comfortable to the way of life within um, New Brunswick and then also like I grew up um, under very like you know conservative strict you know ways so you know stepping outside of my comfort zone was something that I never experienced before yeah. so I um, yeah so it was like a very very hard like three months before getting here but um that persistent uh ginger from hampton that's it that's all we're gonna call him the ginger the ginger the un or the uniter the uniter no we're not gonna call him a ginger that's a bit of an insult yours is uh, very much a compliment yeah yeah the uniter kept on asking me to go watch hockey games and um what's the game where it's football oh football um and <laughs> stuff like that yeah i just don't like how people call football football no, 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 like i I, I just want it to be changed like it's don't you get in trouble if you kick it american football or canadian football i don't know like I, all i see is i want to call it handball or like bootleg rugby Ooh, don't no I, it's just giving me squinty eyes i don't <laughs> think i think i should say that but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I wasn't allowed to play these games as a child because they would interrupt my dance. Oh. Yeah. I was told that I, I wasn't allowed if I got an injury during dance season. I was like 
not. Were you a theater child? Oh, for some reason, I was never put in theater, but I'm definitely dramatic enough that I should have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was in um, dance a lot. That's I spent like 25 hours a week at a dance studio. Oh, that sounds like a lot of hours. It was, like, um, and that's why I couldn't work as a child. As a teenager, I couldn't have a job. I mean, okay. I'm saying that. I probably could have had a part-time job, but I was just shitty. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I was never put in, in acting or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shut up. Shut up, coulda, woulda. Um, let's talk about your childhood, though. How about that? Oh, okay. So, you're a little, a little boy on the island. For on, me to visit yeah. largely, um, supportive of the community. Of, uh, I, no. LGBTQ+. I mean, like, so, Bermuda has, I, ugh. I, uh, I wish you folks can see what I'm doing. Okay, I stitched a hole in the armpit of my raggedy-ass sweater. And just, he's finding the thread. I knew I had to fix this. I just want to pull it out, but I'm, but trying, to, I'm trying to mind my business. For the hair. Mm-hmm. It's the hair. Okay, so everyone who's listening, I want you to have put your two hands up, right? And I want you to intertwine your two hands. And this is Bermuda. So Bermuda has two... Um, segments of the island you have a black segment and you have a white segment and they intertwine together and really don't collaborate and coexist so if you're on you say the in the white segment of the island your experience growing up in the lgbt community is totally different than someone who grew up in the black LGBT community. So from so that's what so me saying this is it it can be accepting, but it can't be accepting. Like you know, Bermuda had their first pride a few a few weeks ago and like close to ten percent of the population came out in support of that. Which I think for the first time around was like a very That nice, speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really high turnout I yeah, would say. Yeah. But like if you look at the demographics mm-hmm. of that turnout it wasn't the, you know, the turnouts. It wasn't the support of the community who looked like me and stuff like that. Okay. You know? So, um, what kind of a child were you? So, sorry, just in case viewers or listeners, viewers, <laughs> don't know, you were born and raised where? I was born and raised. So I was born in the parish of Paget, but everyone's born in Paget because that's where the hospital is. <laughs> but I, I grew up in Smith's Bermuda. Yeah. Named after? Named after some rich um, oligarchy um, who once was a shareholder of their Bermuda trading company. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, like, what was your main focus as a child? What kind of a kid were you? Were you in theater? Were you in what? Okay, so it's so from zero to ten, I was very much focused on dance. And from ten to eighteen, I was very much focused on politics. Interesting. Yeah. So I grew up, you know, doing dance and doing theater stuff. Like my brother was very much involved with singing. So I did a lot of um, like acting. Well, in quotations, acting in church and singing in church and dancing um, with a dance company 
in Bermuda and then you know I started to get into middle school and you know being a guy dancing and singing you know that's not looked at as being the ideal thing for you to be in it's so pretty, isn't it? yeah <laughs> glee. thanks Ryan Murphy yes thank you Ryan also Ryan adopt me <laughs> um, and then so I'm I felt like I've always had an interest in politics but Bermuda has the youth parliament and that really changed that that really sparked a love of like protocol policy in such a young age in me so like I that's really that was my life growing up and then I became involved with advocacy through that on the island so yeah so that that was basically it um, I had a lot of struggles with like mental health um, you know struggles with like physical health um, I was a, I was overweight like you know dealing with like the the struggles of my sexuality so Internally, I had a lot of struggles. Like you know, I struggled with, um, with suicide a bit, and yeah. So it was a very traumatic time that resulted in me growing up real quick. So I really didn't have. So my childhood was just a collection of unfortunate events, but also positive events. Who's this though? Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless your parents um, sheltered you viciously and wasted a lot of time and energy. So. This is true. This is true. Don't shelter your kids, people. Yeah, I did not have that luxury. So I love love my parents. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. saw a lot. So when did you um, when did you like realize that you needed to leave Marita? I realized. So context for me, I am the biggest mushy mushy guy when it comes to love. Like I'm a hopeless romantic. I like it's. I try to fight it, but like deep down to my roots, that's who I who I am. So at the the young age of seventeen, I met the love of my life, <laughs> and um, I mean, I I look back at it, I would still be with uh, that individual if I would if I wasn't so scared. Really? Yeah, like I my first my first boyfriend, a partner was uh supportive was um very mature um for for the age that we was in and was like a very supportive individual um but i definitely self-sabotaged that relationship like if i had the courage to like you know like follow his footsteps we would still been together today was there an age difference between the two of you no just different backgrounds yeah yeah like he he grew up in a family that did not give a crap about the societal norms in Bermuda. Like they didn't care about the name, they didn't care about no portraying the image. They just were were focused on them and being their authentic self. So Okay. So this is now turned into a love a lost love connection. Uh <laughs> Just kidding, we're not going to do that. No, no. Too much. Yeah. And no, like, I, um, he is now, like, I, I wouldn't, no, I don't regret anything with that. Yeah, that's like, a good way to look yeah. back on it. Especially, like, you've pinpointed things that you've learned and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'll learn not mm-hmm, to do, right? Yeah. And, like, the, the relationship his and now is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. they're been together for probably, like, five years now, and I, um, I'm happy for them. That's back, back home? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so it's, you were a hopeless romantic, but why did you need to leave? 
because I realized that if I wanted to fall in love, I could not um, be express my love to my partner while living on the island. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you felt like yeah, just wasn't a environment yeah. that you could be like an actual yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I had been stripped like so much from the island that I had, like, I don't think I would be alive today if I was still on the island. Like, I like at like that time in my life, like I was at almost rock bottom. Right. So like, I needed to leave. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you did, because obviously I love you so much. <laughs> um, I mean, that's kind of a dark note, but is there anything that you really miss about Bermuda? Yeah, because like like also about my me being the hopeless romantic, I am super patriotic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know. You, like, I know this, but yeah. Yeah, like uh, that's my island. Like Bermuda is my home, and the fact that like Bermuda's going through so much hurt and so much turmoil that I can't be there to try to help mediate some situations there breaks my heart. Right. But it's it comes to a point where it's you know, I can't go back to that point. Like, you know, I every time I'm flying into the island I have panic attacks type of situation. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. So it's like until I can heal and move forward from there, like I feel like I can't move back or I can't go back. So you know how before we were talking about there's things like we embrace when people leave New Brunswick mm-hmm. or Bermuda and then come back. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you, now that in your youth you, you left, got some education elsewhere, learned a kind of different pattern of life, do you feel that you're going to go back to Bermuda? I feel that, like, um, like I feel like I know I, I know going back to Bermuda to help Bermuda is in my, in my future. Mm-hmm. Um, living in Bermuda for the rest of my life I don't think that is my future because you know I also have moved here to New Brunswick and New Brunswick is now my home yeah and I see similarities between New Brunswick and Bermuda yeah I find like when we have just conversations like off camera or off uh, recording you sometimes you say Bermuda when you're referring to home Mm -hmm. you're either talking about Bermuda or New Brunswick and sometimes it's hard to tell which which you're going on about it's very interesting actually so like for me I look at home as like home is not place home is a is a feeling Mm -hmm. like you know like i look when i drive into st john a weight gets lifted off my shoulders because this is home you know um although i do when i do fly into Bermuda, i get my uh, my panic attacks but if i go to my places that i feel safe a weight gets lifted off so like i connect home with that feeling when there's a, a a sense of calming that's this is these are the places i need to be in okay so are there like certain aspects that you want to bring to this home from from your old home yeah like you know i um the pride that that bermuda has um and the the ability to you know it may come across as being arrogant to some folk but a Bermudian has a has a sense of like ownership and has a sense of pride and that's just like I am great because of my heritage and because of my history and stuff like that. Yeah. So like this is something that I, I wish was, you know, here in New Brunswick where um, where people look at someone who's doing something great within the province or looking at someone who's doing great in the city and 
like lift them up if they want to like better or they want to like question something we need to start supporting people so i do find i know i probably sounding like contradicting myself using in like in the brunette context but like when you look at you know businesses and stuff like that people do have a sense of like pride and ownership um once some like a Bermudian in like you know sports or or, or business you know has some form of success so right. i wish that was here so would you say that there's like quite a unified bermudan um identity i wouldn't say i i say no i, I it's, it's not a united bermuda identity because or is there like two that you could kind of i mean i, I look at it around different things so if you look at sports for example mm -hmm. sports in bermuda unites people like no matter who you are it will unite you know the fact that you're seeing a tiny island going up against some big island and and seeing success at that no matter what color you are in bermuda you're you have a sense of a pride for your island or if you have like a emancipation day for example where you have no matter who you are whether you're white you're black you're like a filipino you're portuguese you're whatever you stop what you're doing to celebrate a, like a like a cultural moment within the island so i that that's that's why i compare it to so it's it's i wouldn't say it's like those type of things like like surrounding yourself around an idea like you know i look at for example area 506 in in st john mm -hmm. like the fact that it started off in st john that people are it's like and you had like a st john pride but now you're seeing people look around it being like, this is like a New Brunswick thing. Like this is like New Brunswick showcasing their pride for their day. So like, I feel like we need to like really showcase our culture. Okay. Yeah. What would you say New Brunswick culture is then? Because there's a lot of debate about uh, what the Canadian identity is. Yeah. It's very difficult. And a lot of the time, the conversation ends up being, um, the Canadian identity is based off of, well, we're not blank, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we're not American, we're not this, we're not that. Yeah. But you can't really find a cohesive coast-to-coast yeah. -coast yeah. explanation yeah. of what we are. And, like, that's good. Like, I feel like we're so caught up in defining what our culture is mm -hmm. that we need to understand that... We as Canadians. We Yeah, we as Canadians need to understand... Oh, I wish I was Canadian. That'll save me so much time. Shut up, Yara. <laughs> um, but it's, it's understanding that to be Canadian is to be New Brunswickian or to be, like, Nova Scotian is to be PEIN or I don't know if that's a word, but, like, it's... The, like we are a federation like we are a collection of different identities coming together that's our culture so the moment we start to pinbox something mm -hmm. that goes against our culture like colonize like the the perks of colonization is multiculturalism like multiculturalism is canadian culture and we need to be able to embrace that Right. And it's not a sense of ownership. It's a sense of understanding and accepting and supporting. It's being an ally for different individuals. So I feel like m the moment we start feeling that and more we start understanding that, that's, that's our culture. Like, that's Canadian culture. I feel like even if you look at all, any Commonwealth country, like that's, that's the culture of the Commonwealth. It's, yes, we are, the Commonwealth is a shitty situation. Like, we're built on the back of a lot of messed up stuff. 
However, from that adversity, because I'm a big believer that adversity brings success, this adversity that Commonwealth countries feel creates this new sense of culture of needing to embrace and needing to cohabitate, needing to uh, coexist with one another. That's like a roundabout way of just being like, stop being a dick and like be nice to one another and get to know what's happening around the street. Mm-hmm. So like Canadian, the Canadian identity has stretched so far. Yeah. Right? So the coast to coast is, is yeah. quite difficult mm-hmm. to dip in what I want. I totally, yeah, I understand that for sure. Um, when you were coming here and getting like acquainted with the country, like what's like the craziest thing that's happened to you since you got here? It's been five years, so I know there's yeah. there's quite a lot, but... I mean, the craziest thing that's happened to me is actually studying Canadian politics. Yeah? Yeah. Because, like, you grow up... Well, for me, it's just, like, Canada is, like, you know, Canada's the good guys. Like, you know, you see that maple leaf, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, it's Canada. Growing up, that was the yeah. impression that you had. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, when when they start studying, yeah, and like really, yeah, we've got a good PR team. Yeah, like whoever, yeah, we'll go with that. That's a nice way to say. Yeah, yeah, Um, and it's like understanding that the layers, and it's just like oh, okay, so like that's been like the hardest thing, Um, and that sparked from when I went to Winnipeg. The Human Rights Museum? Yeah. So I went to, um, I had a conference when I was with the SRC, and I, my idea of Canada was like, it's great. Like, even then, I was like there for like three years. And going to Winnipeg and, you know, going to the Human Rights Museum and just seeing all of the injustices that happened in the past, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this happened here in the past. And then literally walking out of the Human Rights Museum, turning left and seeing um, there's the like a multi-million dollar, like close to a billion dollar museum that's there, yet we have so much poverty and so much, um, you know, systemic um, um, discrimination and oppression in, in the city in 20, it was like 2017. And it just like blew my mind that, wow, like we are, have become like complacent surrounding a lot of stuff so like i feel like that is my big challenge where we've like like swept like so much stuff underneath the rug that we just don't have real conversations like most people don't know about regional schools for example or like most people don't know about like you know that new brunswick had you know um african canadians that came here from like the civil war and like they had settlements here in new brunswick so it's just like we we, it's like so many things that we don't know about and we don't talk about and and it's just like we need to start talking about these things yeah I mean so I was edu- like my uh, public schooling was in Ontario mm-hmm. so I do not speak for the province of New Brunswick mm-hmm. however like we really didn't talk about regional schools at all mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's because I graduated high school in 2000 Ugh. 11? I mean, the last regional school closed in 1996. Exactly, yeah. So I would have been three years old at that point. So I, I don't know if it's... We don't talk about it because we know it's an ugly history. Like, that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. But I think 
Yeah, I, I, it's just not really promoted to learn about that yeah. that side. Yeah. And I think like maybe in recent years with the Truth and Reconciliation Act that mm-hmm. the, the liberal government put in, mm-hmm. it's getting a little bit more of headway. Mm-hmm. Like even just people researching it on their own, yeah. their own affairs, yeah. which is kind of nice. And like it's it, and there's even more things. Like I have a friend who she is a she's an Asian Canadian, mm-hmm. and hearing her story about what her ancestors went through being an Asian Canadian mm-hmm. within Canada. Is she from the West Coast? Right? West Coast, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, like yeah. holy crap. So it's just like there's so much stuff that we're not talking about, and and it goes back to what I said earlier about like you know poor connections it's just like it's you know how can we move forward as a as a province or as a country if our if our our, our population is not operating at its full potential right. this is why i love millennials because we just over obsess about everything and talk about everything so much yes and then we create podcasts <laughs> and then we keep on talking about it and then we share it on instagram let's talk about it <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about social injustice, baby. Yes. I tried to make that to the tune as well, but The thought was there. I Thank felt you. it. Also, plug salt and pepper if you want to be on the podcast. Oh my god, can you imagine? If salt and pepper Would came you like here, to come to two forty four Jermaine. <laughs> can you just put your address on the whole podcast? They don't know the apartment number. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Met you? Bleep. <laughs> Whatever. Come to Jimmy's Street. We're moving. Um, no, we're not. It's a really nice rent. <laughs> this is it. So, moving forward, like, what do you think? What's your, your solution and your strategy to living your best life in New Brunswick? Living my best life in New Brunswick is going on my Instagram and singing to 90s music and not caring what people think. Mm-hmm. Like what 90s music? Mm. Voice of Men? Oh, yes. Voice of Men, yes. I want some Shaka Khan. Do you like that I'm only picking black R&B singers? I know. Well, yeah, that, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, that's really... Sorry. <laughs> like, you know, um, you know, still talk, like, talking about politics and, you know, not... Mm-hmm being um ashamed or you know embarrassed to talk about type of stuff like you know understanding that i've made mistakes and owning my mistakes with pride and um talking about struggles and like you know just not caring too much because like i I do have a tendency to care a a lot about what people think and um just walking my walking to my own beat you know Mm -hmm. and drinking a lot of wine yeah. What if you were drinking a lot of wine in a tiny home? Yeah. Right. Literally. A shipping container home. Yes. Yes. Literally, it's that too. It's like you know, moving away from. Like I, I grew up with such a materialistic obsession, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's not worth it. It's uh, like experiencing life and making connections with people and experiences is where I'm at. Um, you know, healing, and you know moving forward that's 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 me this is this is why i'm starting this podcast i feel like i've been so is this part of like is the podcast part of you accepting yourself yeah your your own problems yeah 
Yeah. Also, leading a voice to people or yeah. Ending, yeah, like it's like it's. I have lived a semi-public life since moving here, like just like the nature of the jobs I've done, and it's just like I feel that I have portrayed a image that isn't fully me. It's a, a version of me. So hopefully, with this podcast, I could rectify those wrongs. Very nice. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to be on this journey with you. I'm glad that you're here with me on this journey. Yes, bitch. Mm-hmm. Slay. Slay, slay, slay. Mm-hmm. Look at that code switching. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like good code switching. It's it just is. Like, like, sometimes it's so necessary because I would never, ever discuss certain things. Like last night I was talking to a new boss. There's no way I would discuss um, certain topics with her the way that I was saying it to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's individuals in authority roles that like mm-hmm. as much as I hate that I would never say things to them. And so I, I don't know if code switching is always bad or good. Yeah. I think it's necessary. However, like we've discussed in the yeah. past, if it becomes that you don't know when mm-hmm. you are changing your vernacular. Yeah to suit the situation and you're now just this like individual without legs Mm -hmm. kind of floating Mm -hmm. around changing your identity Mm -hmm. constantly Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what I'm scared with yeah I do however think that there's a little bit of a discrepancy between the word proper Mm -hmm. and actual language yeah Yeah. I I think to say proper means that something else is improper obviously Yeah. yeah And that kind of has, like, a, that's a very negative connotation. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think I would go in a meeting and be like, yes, you slayed this presentation. Exactly. Um, however, if I, you know, am, if I say a saying or if I stumble into some things that, you know, is, like, I guess, like a Bermudian accent, like, mm-hmm. like that's the thing where it's just like, oh, like, you should be saying speak proper. Yeah, that, that really weirds me out. Yeah. Someone said that too. Yeah. And I, now, like, you know, also, like, don't touch my hair. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, what are there, is there anything that you'd like to say to New Brunswickers um, about you as, like, a recent? So, uh, as the province is looking to retain a lot of people from out of country mm-hmm. and out of mm-hmm. province, what do you say to people that are supporting those causes in government announcements but not really like thinking before they talk yeah i mean yeah like have more conversations with newcomers have newcomers at policy creation tables um consult with newcomers consult with people Mm -hmm. um go to them hear what they're saying um and don't give in to like you know stereotypes but also newcomers like you know stay true to yourself like, i feel like i have you know made it easier for people to approach me because of situations and i feel like i've done people a disservice for doing that oh, okay yeah you, like you feel like you've adopted a north american attitude a little bit too much I, to blend in or could you explain that yeah like i feel like i've um can I say it like I feel like I have made myself a little bit too approachable where I have now put myself in situations where I can't back out of it like for example with the hair thing like you mm-hmm. know it's 
it's one like I like I love my hair you know I love it out and I like I love having my my head massaged however because people are so fascinated with like the texture of my hair you know like I've been in situations where I've walked out of a meeting and someone's been like oh my gosh I love your hair boom and just like I'm you know someone's touching my hair coming out of a meeting and I'm just like oh okay we're just doing this now where I'm uncomfortable but because I've been so open about talking about you know inclusion that everyone thinks is okay yeah but there's a fine line between your personal space and yeah accepting someone yeah. else's skin color yeah and, yeah vicinity. yeah and like and that's something like I'm trying to figure out now where it's yeah. like okay I've like you know I've opened myself up so much where you know now when I look back at it and now like because like I'm now rediscovering what it means to be black as well you know i'm rediscovering what it means to be gay i'm rediscovering what it means to be yeah. um, a newcomer so like rediscovering like in like today's context or in like your mental state now because you're a little bit older yeah like my like, like like yeah my mental state it's like it's figuring out like you know i have three major intersectionalities with myself and i've pushed myself into conforming into like stereotypical boxes that is not me. So like I'm now refiguring out who I am as an individual. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect time to do it. Yeah, it really is to be honest with you. Like you yeah, know, especially like in a support system that you you can mm-hmm. do so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The power of meditating. Meditating. Meditating and hosting. So like I did a lot of training in like hosting other people in the past year. Um, and I did my final, like one final training I did was like the art of hosting with New Lab. Plug for New Lab if you want to come on the podcast. Um, and they have like an art of hosting. Um, Just so you guys know, every time he comes to ask for a plug, his whole body gets very seductive towards the mic. Being like, help me, I'm poor. Please, <laughs> please darling, be on the podcast. <laughs> Um, they have every year in January they have like a, a seminar called Art of Hosting. It's three days of you figuring out your shit. Cool. And it's it's it puts you in different exercises where you it makes you realize that as an adult you're dealing with so much traumas that in order for you to help other people you need to be able to constantly be able to host yourself and be able to heal and be able to um give out positivity in the world in order to effectively create change so ever so like i've developed all these skills now where i've been like super reflective all the time and i'm just like i've just been living a life that's literally making me sick as a human so um so you're sick of yourself I don't think I'm (laughs) sick of myself i'm kidding (laughs) i think i think i've made myself sick yeah. So you're just in search of your authentic self. Yeah, yeah. And like an environment where you can be that yourself. Yeah. And then like if I if the environment that I am in doesn't allow me to be that, creating that environment and not caring. I think that's really important because like it, it's one thing to criticize your environment and be like, oh, this place does not allow me to be who I can be. But I think even for myself, um, the older I get especially with like family relationships or, or friend circles, it's sort of up to you, the individual, to make your your immediate circle and mm-hmm. your greater circles 
worthy of yeah. you and who you want to yeah. be, right? So yeah. if you don't feel comfortable in that relationship, leave it. Yeah. You can't sit there and like kind of wallow about like, oh, like mm-hmm. that, this is really unhealthy for me. Mm-hmm. Blah, mm-hmm. Blah. Do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's literally been um, my last journey for the last five months. It's just like, oh shit. Like, yeah. no one else is going to fix my problems. Like, It's one thing to identify, like, oh, that's not right. Yeah. I don't like the language that yeah. was inherent violence, what they just said. Yeah. However, don't keep going back to that person. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So that's why I'm here talking. Because cool. it's like the more. No, it's nice. Mm-hmm. More people that's like have like real conversations. It's just like one thing like, I like about our friend group is just like we're now having like tough. Like, I love the evolution in our friend group. Like, it's, you know, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, like three years ago, we were talking about when we're gonna get drunk and party and stuff like that. Now we're having tough conversations about like family and like what we want for our future and like, um, her, like things we hate about our jobs and like stress, anxiety, and stuff like this. And it's like, wow. I'm not the only one type thing. No, I, I think in the last couple of years, like we've all been very open and it's like kind of a nice mark of the time mm-hmm. that we're living in that we, we are very, very comfortable saying my mental state is not good right now. Yeah. And it's because of X, Y, Z. I think that's kind of nice that we can identify that. Mm-hmm. Even if, if not in ourselves, I think we're all kind of close to it that we can say yeah it about each other mm-hmm. like there's there's times that I've been like Cal I'm, I'm not good with KJ I'm not good with what you're doing yeah <laughs> yeah. and that's totally fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you would do that for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, is there anything that you wish that you could tell like little KJ because uh, we're getting to know you so well right now put down the fried food Oh, that's what it is? <laughs> you left fried chicken in the fridge right now. I know you did. Yeah. That's his. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, no. It. No, it's like it's... I think it's time to throw that out. Yeah, it is. It is. We need to throw out that food. What food? Did I you just put that in there? No, 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 no. Oh, no, I, I left more food. How much food do you leave in my fridge? I, I well... I'm, okay. This okay. is like me and my plug. I'm just like... Mm-hmm. Just like... Yes. The tweak method. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. Um, no, but uh, I would tell myself that the first the first idea you had was a good idea. Yeah. To trust your instincts? Yeah. Yeah. Or are you talking about one specific? No, no. I, I look back at like a lot of stuff. It's just like the first thing that came to my mind, I would always think about what it's going to be perceived at. And then I was like, no, we're not doing that. Interesting. So I would say a lot of heartache on myself and I guess people around me would have been saved if I listened to my first instinct. Yeah. Fair enough. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's good advice for literally anyone. Yeah. I know it's like a cliche, but. No, I know, but the cliches are there for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's, um, and I don't regret what happened to little KJ. Mm -hmm. Because, like, little KJ was a beast. He was a beast. 
Like, if you could go through all of that and still want to love and you still want to, like, care and you're not, like, a bitter bitch, Lil' KJ is a beast. You must have gone through some time where you, you weren't open to any of those possibilities, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. The long, dark road. Alright, you little wanderer. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Um, so, since you started a podcast, mm -hmm. is there one that you were listening to that made you like, I want to do this myself? Is there any podcasts that you're really, really like into that have inspired you, or? I think um, it's like multiple ones. So the overarching one about like dealing with your shit and being able to like move forward was um, Armchair Expert with uh, Doug Shepard when he interviewed his mom. That was beautiful. Yeah. I'm so glad that he did that early on. Yeah, and like. Like externally, it looks like I have my shit together. However, you know, I'm dealing with so much stuff underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I wish more people in leadership positions would do is like constantly say that I am like, I'm human too. Like I'm dealing with it. Like, you know, she talks about how she was like running companies, doing this and stuff like that but also was in like abusive relationships. Like yeah. she was doing stuff and doing stuff, but also was like, you know, dealing with mental health issues. So mm -hmm. it's like, I, I, I looked at that and I was just like, what am I portraying? Because yeah, like I'm like, I'm an executive director of a nonprofit. Like why am I portraying to my board? Why am I portraying to people that I represent? Like, you know, I'm human too. So, and then like, since I've been like watching the episode and I've been like real with like my board members and other people, they're starting to open up as well because my board is also in position of leadership. So like let them like portray that like, yes, we are leaders. However, we are dealing with stuff too. And like you're now seeing empathy built for people who are in leadership positions. Do you think that as like an ED, do you believe that there is a, a fine line or like a, a, a straight up threshold for how much you as an executive director can take on from board members however yeah about their own personal lives yeah and like because I think a lot of the, the, the controversy or the criticism surrounding like an open inclusive environment mm -hmm. or in the workplace mm -hmm. is that higher-ups really shouldn't know certain things mm -hmm. or it, it might lead to discrimination or it might lead to like mm, a little unease in the workplace mm -hmm. or perhaps like I will always think like oh if that person has a bad day it's because their ADHD medication mm -hmm. isn't working today or yeah. because you know yeah. what I mean yeah maybe their their mom that's been struggling with yeah. alcoholism yeah. doesn't know how to handle their, their yeah. shit to get yeah. today mm -hmm. right so I, I'm wondering like from you in an executive position how you feel about that so it's it's uh, and that this is something that I'm constantly struggling with because I do like I'm constantly checking in with um, my board members, being like, "How are you?" And then they they will do the spiel because I also I also do too. It's just mm -hmm. like oh, I'm great, like you know I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm la 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 la, la. and I'm like, pause. How are you? You know, it's like it's understanding. Yeah, please don't give me the PR. Yeah, like like like, actual, like actually, how are you? And then it's it's opening up, and then like I'm also opening up as well. And saying that, you know, like, you know, 
being an executive director is literally the hardest thing I've done in my life. And I, I'm saying that to people. I'm just like, it's hard. Like, it's like, you know, yeah, I've always wanted to be in a, a leadership position, um, but this shit's hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's like telling people this, and it's just like, letting them know. It's just like, I'm gonna be there for you. If I can't physically be here for you, I'm gonna point you in the direction where you should go. So it's like, it's understanding. It's like, it's the, it's like the moment you just swallow your ego with it and just like, just recognize, it's like you recognize you're human too. Um, and just stay, stay true to yourself, I feel. Like it's, it's hard and it's just like, like I have been in situations with my board where it's just like, you know, lines have been blared, but it's also going back to it just being like, it's, we're not having this type of stuff. But like, I'm here for you. I'm still here for you. Mm-hmm. So like more compassion and leadership roles. Yeah, that's interesting because I know I've, I've discussed with people in different countries even mm-hmm. in the last like four years mm-hmm. um, that have been in leadership roles and the an opinion that I've never forgotten is that an individual said to me, see where I come from, mental health days, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was, the, the individual was a uh, white male from affluent background, from mm-hmm. an affluent background, in a leadership role in a community within an incredibly wealthy region mm-hmm. of Europe. Yeah. And his opinion was, we just don't, we don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. And it struck me as terrible because I, I think going forward when I look at positions I want to know that if I have a bad day I don't have to go there exactly and pretend that everything's fine yeah like there there is such a thing as leaving your own your bullshit at the door mm-hmm. like I, I understand that mm-hmm. however if it's a long reoccurrent issue yeah. I want to be able to discuss that mm-hmm. as a 25 year old in the workplace mm-hmm. that's important yeah. so kind of interesting like, different employers and different people in, yeah. in leadership roles and yeah. how to deal with it. Yeah. I think in the small startup community that I've interacted with mm-hmm. in, in New Brunswick, that they're leaning towards that a yeah. lot and it's beautiful yeah. nice to yeah. hear. Yeah. Like so it's, it's really, really nice. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's showing the shift because it's recognizing that I get it. Like, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's, it's moving, like it's moving the needle. Mm-hmm. It's just like my title at this present point is irrelevant. It's just like I care about you because like if you are healthy and if you are um, a sound mind and body and soul, your productivity is gonna be a hun- like it's gonna be significantly yeah, it's an better. Interesting shift. The last conversation I had with someone in the Brunswick, they were uh, it was a COO and a CEO mm-hmm. of a small events company here. Yeah. It's like blossoming. Yeah. But their whole mindset, but their first of all, they they talk with their employees as just part of a team mm-hmm. not in that cliche like Applebee's yeah. we're all part of the yeah. team yeah. no yeah. they're actually meaning like you're all specialists in your own field mm-hmm. and you do what you do mm-hmm. best for us yeah and the other the other side of that was that they were saying if you don't feel comfortable coming to work and you're not going to get anything done why would we force you to come into the office mm-hmm. and I think that is such a lovely way yeah. to like start business mm-hmm. in, in this day and age yeah so, yeah yeah. No, well, that's like, that's my motto. Yeah, it's an interesting shift, and it's like I'm, I'm happy to see the change mm-hmm. that we're coming into. Yeah, that's why I say like you know millennials, we actually know what we're doing. Yeah, I like I personally I love to be self-deprecating about millennials because it's hilarious. Yeah. 
However, I do see like a lot of merit in what mm -hmm. I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's healing. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we allowing people, like young people, to have more opportunities to just like try things new? Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that find like the family dynamic, right? Like mm -hmm. the trauma is introduced at one point, it's going to recapitulate for a few generations yeah. before it's yeah. not even sorted out, but yeah. like before it's managed. Yeah. And then before like concurrent generations. Yeah. And like surviving. Yeah. Can continue. Yeah. Like I like I remember growing up I would just be like, you know, everyone's just like, ugh. Like I when people brought up race, I was like, ugh, stop talking about race. So like I'm over it. But like I realized that my my parents grew up at the end of segregation. Mm -hmm. My grandmother Because they were born in what? Uh oh, sorry parents. Nineteen fifty six and nineteen fifty nine. Oh, that's true. Also your mom's skin is still luminous as hell, so... I wish I could age like her. It kills me. <laughs> I already look old. I'm 25. Uh, my feet's fucked. No comment. I'm not gonna say the old. <laughs> I know. I don't know I'm yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. I'm, I'm holding it back to it's it. It's outrageous. Yeah. What <laughs> it uh, does. Yeah. It does crack. <laughs> 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 anyway, please continue. Oh, God. So much moisturizer. All the time. And you know what? Start moisturizing. Get that cocoa butter on the skin. I do, pal. Every day. Just, you know, treat yourself. All day, every day. Okay. So much, so much omegas. <laughs> <laughs> the inside and out, I'm moisturized. Okay. I love it. Anyway. Uh, oh, no. So it's just I'm sorry like. sorry that we sandwiched a really important discussion. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're awful. I know. See, oh, this is the thing. We talk about, like, really stupid shit. Yeah. It's, like, so important. And mm -hmm. then we just figure off this stupid. But it's good because it's making it all sexy. <laughs> um, well, I think cocoa it is. Cocoa butter makes everything sexy. Like, literally. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go back to my cocoa butter. But and that argan oil that you use. I have literally cocoa... It smells so good all the time. I love it. This is it. Like, I have... And I don't even like people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I got cocoa butter in the car. I got cocoa butter at the office. I got cocoa butter, like, every spot. Like, you need cocoa butter everywhere. Yeah. And argan oil. You also oil. have a spare toothbrush here. Did you know that? I do. Okay. Like, I just the, left it. The twig method, y'all. <laughs> Jason, I'm trying to... Sorry, Cal, can you just explain the twig method for our listeners? Okay, so the twig method is... So I was watching um, Medea. This was one of Tyler Perry's shows. <laughs> and um, I don't know if it's true or not, but like he was saying that like if a female bird is over her situation, she doesn't up and leave her, her situation. She is strategic like about it. Situation, mm. not like her bits. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like she would slowly move a twig from her original nest to a new nest, and she would just like take it and boom. And then over a while, it's just like, oh, by the way, I'm gone. Enjoy your best life. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, so yeah, so that's the twig method. But. So Cal's doing the twig method in our apartment. Yeah. He has food. He has a toothbrush. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you see that I bought the hair elastics that you prefer? I know. <laughs> I, was, I was just like. <laughs> I know. I thought you'd appreciate them. I was like, I, mean, I use them too for braids and stuff. Yeah. So nice, I have like, oh, yeah. See, this is why I love her. Um, the thruple mm -hmm, thrives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, like a good important point here. I'm so sorry, but yeah, it's so like. Yeah. Sorry. My parents grew up in segregation. Back to the very serious topic of yes. racism. Yes, yes. Racial segregation yes. and continuing generations. Yes, yes. So, like, 
my parents grew up at the end of segregation. My grandmother grew up in the height of segregation. Her father, um, like her parents grew up like, you know, as being um, in like the height of, you know, the British Empire and its might. So you're dealing with like, like I could still touch the, the hurt and the pain that has been instilled on people. Like, you know, when I still talk to my Nana, I hear the hurt in her voice. Like my father I did not go to certain theaters in Bermuda because they were a white or a black theater and experiences he felt as a young person. Mm-hmm. So it's like here, like our generation is, we're like, you know, we have been provided with the privilege of being free and seeing the opportunity where we see the past and we also see the future. And like the more we we help the past heal and ensure that the future doesn't repeat itself. Yeah. Is 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 really critical. Yeah. Like even in my own family, we've not dealt with like racial segregation Mm because we're we're part of like we are a white family. Mm -hmm. Um, I like my grandparents are like um, three fourths of them are immigrants. Mm -hmm. However, they came from white areas but you had like the ireland yeah experience so, like, as well when my, when my grandparents moved to toronto they were in their uh 20s mm-hmm. coming from ireland mm-hmm. in the 50s mm-hmm. and it was not a nice time for them i would never put it on the same scale as <laughs> racial segregation in your regard like in your family history i do like in a rough sense understand yeah. that whole generality but i like what i've noticed is in my family on both sides like uh the uh, my mom's side and my dad's side is that there's like I can see the threads of problematic behavior mm-hmm. and I try my best to say I don't want to repeat that yeah I don't ever want to do that again yeah yeah and like even with my relationships mm-hmm. I try like oh that that was a problem point and mm-hmm. I don't want to repeat that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting yeah I do feel like like with that background like we try to be like I don't know. I don't. Do you think that your background, like your family background, mm-hmm. has um, instilled certain behaviors in yourself? In relationships. In relationships, or like, um, like, do you find yourself like a bit of a shrinking violet? Like, do you try and stick to the wall and like not make a big spectacle of yourself, or are you like a loud person, or? I mean, for me, I, like in small groups, I'm loud, mm-hmm. but in large groups, I'm quiet because that's how I've seen progress move by going to small groups and like getting them, getting words being spread by small groups. So like, I, I, I guess, yes, to answer your question, yeah, because I do like for me, like I do like when I do public speaking, crippling anxiety. You do. I hate it. I think a lot of people would be really surprised to hear this about yeah. you. I, I am I am the I am not an extrovert. Like I hate speaking in public. I hate, you know, being in front. Mm-hmm. But everything that I do says otherwise. Yeah. I mean you you literally have a podcast where you talk to people about yeah. your life yeah. and their lives yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. So, and you've made a career being a public person yeah 
I wouldn't call you like a public feature. You don't have a blue um, check mark on your Instagram. No. Nor your Twitter. No. However, I'm basic. People know who you are. Yeah. Like you're a recognized face and yeah. stuff, right? So I think people will be very surprised yeah. to hear that you yeah. have that. Yeah. And like the only reason why I'm doing that is because um, I want someone to one day blow me out of the water. You know what, Um, I'm doing the work that I do is like I know I'm not the best, but I'm at the best at paving the way for other people who who are others. Interesting. Yeah. That that's my whole that's whole my whole goal. Like I would never like I like in the past I probably would have, but like now if someone who was a you know a POC or a female or someone who is a, mi- a visible minority, if they wanted to do what I was doing and they did it better than me, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, here we go, come on, come on up, like you know that's the point where I'm at, where it's just like, I like I'm getting tired of like constantly you know being the only like the like I don't want to be in meetings anymore where it's just like any type of minority issue and everyone looks at me like I'm tired of it oh you mean you're not like the the voice of the black vote yeah like I'm over it like find other black people yeah I I love to refer to you the other day I was getting my hair done and I was like well okay I hate to say this but he's my sassy gay black friend (laughs) (laughs) and I said it totally deadpan but I was like I guess he checks checks all those boxes like whatever yeah I mean, he's obviously a totally different person than mm-hmm. just that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, that must be how most people see him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, clutching the pearls and, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. There's moments where you're like that, and then there's moments where you're not at all. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, every single, I hate to sound like this, but people are more than just mm-hmm. identity. Yeah. Like, I can be sassy, but at the same time, I can be, like, not sassy. I can be like I don't know. It's just like we need to like value that people do need a like people depend on situations. People change, you know. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you think people would be shocked to hear about you? Yeah, um, I want to be buried at sea. Any specific spot at sea? Atlantic Ocean. Why? I um. I love sailing, um, and I can't wait to the point where I could get back to sailing and do that all year round, every day of the week. Um, and I sailed from Virginia to Bermuda um, in my teens. I didn't know that. Yeah, and literally a life changing. What's your position on deck? I well, I'm just throwing everyone on on my watch under the bus everyone got seasick so i had to drive a boat for like close to seven hours and that sucked you try sailing a boat in like 15 foot seas it sucks i mean i try it but i don't yeah. think it would be the best yeah it sucks and then i also thought it was funny um i suck at directions i think i'm good at I it know that about you. i know like i i i'm not surprised about that at all <laughs> in my and that in my head i'm just like oh i know directions like i'm good at it and um, our communications went down for a bit, so we were like um, sailing based on the stars. Oh my god, this is my ultimate fantasy. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing that. However, not sexual fantasy, but like, what? Like, fantasy. So like following the stars. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Like being totally like away from technology, mm-hmm. living your life. Yeah, that like is phenomenal. it was like literally a week, no technology, figuring out the stars. However, I every time I would drive, mm-hmm. so like I, so I had two watches. So mm-hmm. one time I was driving, um, I was following the wrong star. Which was? I forgot the name of it, but like I was going back towards the states. I'll update you in the comment section. Yeah. I was going to the States when I should have been to Bermuda. So, like, if you looked at the the track record of the boat, it'll be, like, a straight line. And then you could tell when I was driving because it'll be, like, zigzag. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because, like, I'll be driving and then I'll probably be daydreaming or something. I was like, oh, crap. And then, like, I'll go back. But, um, but yeah, no, that's, like, I just want to be secluded and, like, I love being just by myself. For the most part. Yeah, that's fair. That's like a very, that's a, a nice way for us to think, especially because our planet's probably going in nuclear holocaust soon. So. And this is it. Like, it's like. <laughs> you need a black a backup plan. Yeah, like that's it's. It. We probably need to do an episode about climate change because like I feel so dumb about everything. And like, I, I don't know what to do. Well, at least you don't say the planet's. <laughs> What do you mean global warming? The planet's getting colder. <laughs> I hate that comment so much. Yeah, it's just, just climate change. Climate yeah, change. Yeah. Like okay. it's yeah. This is why. I, whatever. Anyway. I love you. Because right, I have so much more to say that I'm not trying to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. I think this has been a nice introduction into um, Cal, KJ. A rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So will I see you in four more episodes? Four episodes sure. from now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. All right. And at that point, it'll just be me checking in on stuff that you said. Oh, you're going to, like, come after me? I'll check you, boo. Okay, come. <laughs> I was actually listening to one of the articles. I was like, oop. <laughs> A whoopsie. <laughs> uh, so in this episode, <laughs> Exactly this time, Cal said something crazy. Uh, Please explain yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, we're can... kidding. Really, I just wanted listeners to know who you were and um, distinguish yourself from anything else. Okay. All right. Well, where can people find you? If people have listened this far, yeah. Where the hell can they find you? What do you mean by me? Yeah. I already said my address. Uh, well, you did shit. <laughs> Well, I don't you want people. There. I don't want people coming to your address, but Would like. Would you like to come to my three jobs? <laughs> you can do that. Just kidding. Don't do that. Where they can find me, I have a Twitter that I do not maintain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, at C K A T three seven two seven seven eight. That is my high school student ID number that I somehow have not forgotten. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's like. And Dot Higgins, I think. Yes. Yeah. Is that it? Yes, it is. That's me. That's me. I still. Uh, now you, girl. Anyway, I'm like absolutely a Twitter fiend mm-hmm. and an Instagram girl. Okay. If you can't tell. Okay. I'm not mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but please, you can contact me through that if you like. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you. Could also you. just email the podcast girl. website. Oh, that's because true. I monitor that. You do. You do. You do. Yeah. 
I just can't wait till we make money. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Honestly, like you're asking me, like, oh, do you want to stay here? Blah, blah blah. Yeah, I do because there's so many beautiful opportunities for me and Baby Blue to make money with Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I wanna, I wanna do a deep dive about Young Love. Young Love. Yeah. Like, not, young? not now, but like. How young? I mean, you're young. Call me shit. Right now, I'm 25. You're young. Quarter of a century. You're I'm young. I'm a crow's feet. You're, Okay, I'm not having this conversation. Okay, we're, we're, we're ending this episode now. Yeah, love, that's a great topic, but yeah. I sh- can't be in it. Okay, anyway. All right, well. You could do an episode about dating people younger than them. That'd be hilarious. Thank you for listening <laughs> to uh, Kiki time with uh, Kat and KJ. Uh, we'll be back every fourth episode. Um, it's unfiltered, unstructured, and it's just people having fun and having conversations with each other. And wine. And lots of wine. Like I, yeah, lots of wine. As always, peace and love. <laughs>